4: Hey guys, it's Kayla. Candice is unable to join us today, but we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. It really is okay. And that's why we're here. We're all here together to remind ourselves that it's okay. And I have such a fantastic guest on today, you guys. Not only have I loved listening to his podcast, but he is just so much fun to hang out with. I really wanted to have Lo Von Rump on our podcast today because, let's be honest, we've all been kind of sitting in our sweats and chilling for the past two years. We have been in a global pandemic. We all know that we are starting to venture out a little bit. The mask mandate has just been lifted in Los Angeles. So I don't know where you are listening from, but you may also have the mask mandate lifted. And so people are really starting to get out there. There are, throwing weddings again. They're going to parties, birthday parties, all kinds of everything. And I'm realizing that I don't know what to wear anymore. I've been living in my comfy clothes and my sweats and I need some help. So I'm thinking we might all need a little bit of help in this area. And we have just the guy for the job. Today we are talking to Lo Von Rump. He is a fashion stylist to A lot of huge celebrities. He is a costume designer, a podcast host, and beauty editor. Since launching his style company, LVR Style Inc., in 2011, he has become a style force in the professional entertainment and fashion industries with over a decade. Of experience. He's got a diverse client base. They range from professional athletes to recording artists and actors. He refined his eye for fashion by working both in front and behind the camera, expressing his creative vision through magazine shoots, music videos, red carpet events. And in 2020, he started his own podcast called The Low Life, and it launched as a platform to share his unique experiences over the past decade in entertainment and fashion. And his own podcast explores curiosities and thoughts on fashion, entertainment, sex, and everything in between. No topic is off limits. Just like today, no topic is off limits. So without further ado, here is our really fun conversation with the one and only Lo Von Rumpf. And we are here with Lo Von Rumpf. Lo, thank you for joining us. And your cute necklace, by the way. That is the coolest little thing.
3: Got my pearls on for you today.
4: (laughs) I mean, if anyone's stylish, it's you. You know, the truth is we're so comfy. We're used to being in our sweats all the time. We've been living on the couch since the pandemic started March 2020 right? Yeah. It's now going to be March 2022. That's two full years. But you know, people are starting to venture out and we need your help because I feel like you're just the guy for this job. Please. It's important to rediscover our love of fashion and self-expression and dressing up. And I personally am having a really hard time with it. I like to just be comfy in my sweats. I think sometimes fashion in general can be really intimidating and it can feel like it's for a certain type of person, a certain, you know, the elite class, whatever, it can be really expensive, but I know that's not the case. We all know that. So
3: yeah, design on a dime.
4: Exactly. So we need a little bit more confidence in like owning our own personal style and dressing for our own unique Beautiful bodies. So I think maybe we start with the trends first. What do you love right now about the trends? What do you hate about the trends? Because, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, I'm realizing that trendy isn't always the most flattering. We have to figure out what trends work for our body, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. The thing is, when it comes to trends, everything's uh, cyclical, especially with fashion. It all comes back around. It's crazy like to think the 80s shoulder pads would be a thing again you know, and like that type of silhouette or, you know, or like, remember when everyone was like belting their dresses, which I don't know if it ever went out of style, but adding a cute belt to dresses and or like statement necklaces were such a thing. And they're coming back <laughs> when it comes to uh, fashion and all the different shit out there. I feel like I don't want to hate on any trends because they each their own and fashion is freedom in a sense, though so you really get to express yourself. So there's a lot of trends that I don't really love for myself or my clients. And the reason why I don't like a specific trend uh, is usually 99% of the time is because it's just not flattering. So for example, a big trend right now is low rise jeans. Let's just take it back to 2007.
4: I mean, I just think of that Christina Aguilera video, dirty. I think her pants could not have gotten any lower.
3: Iconic moment. (laughs) (laughs) pop culture history loved it but also like really tough look to pull off like and not even a comfortable thing to wear anyway uh if you want to rock low-rise jeans do you boo
4: i mean they're back though right so then what do we do do you do we don't wear them even if even if they're back we'd rather not be on trend and be flattering
3: Yeah, well, because I I feel like a good pair of jeans that fit you if you want to go high waisted or, you know, just like a normal fit, um, you know, whether it be boot cut, which is actually back to boot cut jeans. Yeah. Shania Twain, she is here and ready to go. And so, yeah, whatever looks good on you, though, and I feel like that can't go out of style. If you look great in high waisted jeans, that's your thing. Or some people love a mom jean. Rock your mom, Jean, if that's your thing, like, because I feel like you're going to look good and you'll never look back on that photo and regret it like I've done with a lot of my choices back in the day. I remember when the Hervé Leger bandage dresses were a thing They were like those stretchy type of. Yeah. And girls would squeeze themselves before they hit the clubs. That was a vibe. You can look back on those and you're like, oof. That was a rough time in fashion.
4: I think my my hardest look when I look back in high school era was the short denim skirt with the high Uggs and then the longer shirt pulled over with the thick belt, not holding anything up.
3: Simpler times, simpler times. I loved it. And so, yeah. Oh, by the way, Uggs, never going out of style for me. Love them. They're just so comfortable. I never hate on Uggs. There's some weird, goofy looking shoes out there right now. Oh, there's this one specific looking heel that a lot of queens are wearing. And it's, who's the designer that does it? There's an expensive version, but I know like Zara and a bunch of other brands are knocking it off, but it looks like a camel toe with like a, a gouge down the middle and then like another... Like it looks like your foot is a hoof.
4: You probably can't say like the the high is it Mason Margella or what, what who's the is, is that the designer who's doing the hoof boot?
3: Yeah, sure is. I think
4: So,
3: <laughs> so I don't love that personally cuz I just don't think it's flattering.
4: Unless it's Halloween and that's your, you know, you're trying to be a camel.
3: Yeah, or method actor actress getting a character playing an animal, but like Another style that's very popular is the front, the platypus build shoe. It's just squared off in the front. You have pointed toe, you have rounded toe, peels shoes. And then this style is just the square, like you can, like it's been smashed against a wall perfectly. You know, that platypus build.
4: Right, right. Don't. Don't do it.
3: Yeah. Not because it's
4: not elongating, right?
3: And you're not doing that with a platypus build square end you, So I mean, that's the thing. Uh, if you want to rock it, do you. But again, I think there are better options out there. And those are just trends that are, I think sometimes fashion designers try, just try and see what kind of shit they can get away with sometimes too, <laughs> throw some shit on the wall and see what sticks. And these fashion lovers will wear it up, gobbling it up and, and spending lots of money.
4: I mean, and really some do. So what are you loving right now then that's on trend? Is there anything that's out where you're like, okay, guys, you got to make sure to check this out. And it works for most bodies,
3: right? Well, one thing I, I'm loving that's not going out of style, uh, and we're just riding that pandemic wave out, is athleisure.
1: Yes, rocking
3: beautiful, comfy. So you're spending a little bit more money on your sweats these days. Sure, why not? You're comfy, and you could rock it with a cute pair of flats or a crisp white pair of sneakers, or even throw on a heel. I've seen some uh, ladies doing that, and it looks super cute. And with like an oversized coat, also the bodycon silhouette. As much as People might love that. I don't know actually who loves a good body con like super tight <laughs> no, but if there's some people I'm sure for the most part oversized silhouettes are really doing it right now like bigger blazers and you know uh, also playing with different shapes and not everything is so formed to the body it's kind of like that loose like the boyfriend cut jeans and like loose cut blazers and just like very easy breezy clothes that don't feel try hard but look really put together in a cute way kind of like that 90s uh, Jennifer Aniston friend's vibe, like white t-shirt, boyfriend jeans and a checkered blazer. Boom.
4: Like simple. There's a simplicity to what's happening now that I love that I think na- I naturally gravitate towards. when. And when everyone was mixing patterns and colors and all of that, I'm all for that. That's just I couldn't do it. I wasn't very good at that.
3: Well, that's the thing too. I've noticed this whole a new wave of minimalism, simplicity, and just people wanting to go with more natural tones, natural colors, especially in their homes. I style full time, but I do have a few clients that are like, help me with my home because I do love interior design. So I've been helping a lot of my clients as they're wanting to revamp, revamp their spaces and go with like in a new direction for their homes. And I've noticed they're really wanting more clean lines, simple, warm earth tones, neutrals, myself included. I remember my place was like very like glam art deco vibes. And I loved that look mirrored furniture obsessed. And like that look, you know, like the the faux fur rugs. And now it's like all creams and chocolate browns. By the way, that's one big trend right now. Chocolate brown is the new black. So in interior design, also in fashion, brown is such a great neutral. It's a You know, beautiful color. It's very calming. And so a lot of people are replacing like the black dress, the little black dress, or their black staple pieces with some great brown, incorporating brown a lot into their wardrobe right now, which is really nice.
4: Love. Yes, that sounds so fun.
3: And I mean, black is slimming. Chocolate brown is very slimming as well. And you could do a lot with it. I think it's underrated. You know, we're bringing it back so people could do more fun with it. Also, a trend I love right now, we're going into spring, summer, but what's so nice to see is I love leather. Vegan leather is more my vibe these days. I'm not trying to kill those animals. You know, I'm just like, there's such a good option right now for leather that's actually softer than wearing cowhide or lambskin. Uh, and, uh, and vegan leather is a great option. Uh, but leather in spring, summer, but taking leathers like cream leather, white leather, white leather boots, that sort of thing, and rocking those in spring, summer. You're seeing a lot of that, even like leather skirts and chocolate brown with like light linen tops, that sort of a look. Mixing these leather pieces into spring, summer is a really fun way to like edge up your wardrobe. Um, but it just, it's not like, It's good for that girl who is not down for florals.
4: (laughs) Right, right. Because, oh, spring florals. Wow. Yeah,
3: groundbreaking. For the person out there who's like, I'm not really like a florally or bright color person, start incorporating some fun leather pieces, lighter leather pieces, grays, you know, cream, taupe. They have so many different options now that you could work into your everyday wardrobe that kind of edge it up a bit, but still keep you trendy, you know?
4: Love, love that so much. Now, we have a lot of younger listeners on this podcast that are still sort of learning about their, the shapes of their bodies and what silhouettes work for their bodies. I'm in my late 30s, mid 30s, and now I'm like, I I still don't really know exactly what silhouette works. I know that's something you really talk about a lot with your celeb clients. It's figuring out what silhouette works for your body. So can you help us figure out how do we even start to do that? Because once we learn this, we're we we've got it down.
3: I always picture it with a client is like look in the mirror and it's kind of like silhouette-wise, is like your shadow. What is the fabric enhancing? What is it minimalizing? What is it drawing focus to? So when you look at yourself in the mirror, it's like, okay, first thing I'll always do when I have a client is I'll ask them, you know, what do you love? What what part of your body you're not that comfortable showing? What do you want to highlight? And what do you want to kind of camouflage? And I get so many different answers. It's mind-blowing to hear what people have issues with on themselves. I mean, we all have, you know, this self-critical eye for ourselves. We're our own worst critics at times. Oh my God, some of the shit I've said to myself in the past, I'm like, I would never say that to someone. You know what I mean? We're all so hard on ourselves at times. We beat ourselves up. And so I have one client and she's like, I fucking hate my elbows. Like, I don't want anything. I'm like, wow, so specific.
4: It's not funny because if that really is something that she's self insecure, he or she is insecure about, then okay, of course. That's fine, but But that just seems.
3: What's going on? You got some growth on that elbow. Like, what happened there? (laughs) Some extra hair? What's happening? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, no, nothing. I just, I just hate my elbows. (laughs) I was like, fair enough. Okay. Um. So we went with, you know, long sleeves. But pick something that you want to showcase. Whether it be like you love your décolletage area, the cleavage, the clavage moment. You like a little bit of cleavage? Well, then that could be your focal point. But then you want to kind of not make. Don't do like a mini skirt with that. Like it. Like, let's make the cleavage the star of the show and let's go with like a longer, you know, a line skirt or something. Or if you're like, ooh, I'm a little self-conscious about like my hips or something, then you'd want to go with a higher waisted skirt. A line is more flattering, So It's kind of just like using the fabric to benefit you and, and making sure that you have the best silhouette and covering the things and enhancing the things that you want to. So it's it's kind of fun to play around with. Try out different silhouettes, different fabrics, different coats. Do high waisted, try low waisted. You kind of have to experiment and see what works. It's not always gonna work. <laughs> and that's okay. You got to go into it with that perspective of like, okay, if I were to just look at my shadow, <laughs> what is this shadow looking like? I had one client and she was wearing this specific dress. She had tried it on, and she we actually did her like look. With lighting, and she could see like the shadow of it, so she could see the silhouette. And she's like, "I look like a rotisserie chicken. I don't <laughs> love this shadow." So I was like, "Not the silhouette for you. We're gonna change it up." And so we went with something else. So that's one way to do it uh, when it comes to trying to pick a silhouette. You know that works the best for you is pick a, a body part that you want to showcase, highlight, and then just go from there. And that's also kind of the technique that I use when I'm building curating looks for my clients. I get asked all the time from my listeners, you know, and on my podcast, I talk about fashion, but I also talk about pretty much everything under the sun. I mean, we had a sex therapist on not too long ago.
4: Ooh, ooh, I got to listen to that one.
3: (laughs) Um, We've had psychologists on, like we just go there. But I I commonly get asked when it comes to styling low, like, I don't know how to put outfits together. I'm not an Instagram influencer. I'm not like the Olivia Culpo, you know, trying to put all these cute outfits. And by the way, all those people, for the most part, are working with stylists, are having the brand send them the full head to toe look. So yeah, they look super put together, but but they have a team doing it for mm, them. Mm-hmm.
4: So take the stress off yourself. That's really good for us to remember. Yeah,
3: yeah. There's a whole team. I mean, I even style clients that are on the run to go get coffee, and they're getting you know uh, paparazzi shots. Like we plan that out. Though so when you see like that you know star running to go grab a cup of coffee and they get you know papped, it's. It's usually it's planned out or they have a stylist, a hair, a makeup artist for the most part.
1: <laughs>
4: there you go, guys. You heard it here from Lo, who does it all the time with his clients. So don't be hard on yourself if you you know, happen to be in actual sweatpants that you slept in and your hair is in a rat's nest and you go get coffee. That's okay. That's actually normal. That's how a lot of us are when we go get
3: coffee. 90% of the population. And then, of course, what we see, what's in our feeds, what we're focused on, what's in the media are these beautiful, curated, super fashionable. You know, sometimes you'll see the stars. They're just like us. And you'll see someone with a rat's nest, you know, struggling to to get in their car. So but for the most part, it's all kind of planned out.
4: Right. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. And we're back.
3: Well, what I was gonna say was when it comes to planning out your look, what was has really helped me, my process, and I'm hoping this could help your listeners too, if they're like going into their closet and they're overwhelmed. What should I be doing? How can I put cute, fashionable outfits together? Especially right now with and just like that Carrie Bradshaw revamp. Right. Sex in the city is back in full swing. So it kind of That's like a very fashion forward, fashion driven show. So uh, you see these outfits and it's like some of them are are misses, but a lot of them are like super chic. And
4: they're amazing. I love them. I've loved every single one. And Emily in Paris. Uh, Right.
3: Yeah. Pat Field. She did all the costuming for Sex in the City, and she's actually working on Emily in Paris. And so those outfits are just so well thought out, put together and look very chic so when you are trying to figure out what the hell to wear and you want to kind of just pump it up and you know level up a bit in your own wardrobe i think the best thing you could do is Pick a staple item that you are excited about. So let's say it's a red sweater, for example. You have this red turtleneck that you bought, and you're like, I have no idea what the hell to do with this. I don't usually wear this color, but I'm going to try something new. Just for an example, we're going to use it on you, Kayla, uh, a red sweater. So right away, think of that red sweater. That's your focal point, your main dish. That's the rotisserie chicken. And now you want things that pair with it nicely. You know, so if it's like an herb roasted chicken, you want like maybe a rosemary potato Okay, I'm starving, <laughs> by the way. That's why I'm using this.
4: I love it. <laughs> you can eat while we do this podcast, you know. It's allowed.
3: Can you imagine? Just, just eating potatoes while I'm on the podcast with you. So you want things that complement it well. So right away with this red colored sweater, I think, oh, tangerine orange complements it really well. The fun color that goes nice with it. Also, of course, camel brown, any sort of nude, really Looks great when paired with red. Also, if you wanted to punch it up a bit, I love the look of a purple, like a royal purple, a jewel tone looks beautiful against red. Also, blush pink looks nice with red. So, all of those colors, now you start having like something to work with, and you're like, okay, well, if I want to go funky, then I'm going to end up trying, or, you know, color block, I'm going to do purple. And so, you could incorporate purple jewelry or something and then keep it neutral on the bottom. So that's one way is just starting with your star piece and building from there. Everything. So, you know, I have one client and she loves her gray boots. They're these gray suede, like over the knee, super comfortable boots that she loves to wear. And she's like, how the hell do I make these look high fashion? I want to look like an Instagram blogger chick when I'm out on the town and I'm not. And so I was like, another little secret that's helped me is when in doubt, Monochromatic is the route. Always go monochromatic because you really can't go wrong. I'd say 99% of the time, if you go monochromatic with all of your color tones, you're going to hit a home run. So for these gray boots, for example, they're a dark gray. I had her pair those dark gray boots with a very light gray denim and then almost like a charcoal black gray jacket on top and like a very pale gray t-shirt underneath. It was all different tones of gray she looked so chic and put together because it just worked. All the different tones, just they're all in the same family. And she looked super like high fashion. Like it, it looked like a very well thought out outfit. It's all just basics she had in her wardrobe. The jeans were from Gap. The t-shirt was from Zara and her boots were expensive, but all together. And then throw on a, you know, a coat with that, a gray coat. And it's like, Oh, in a black beanie, ah, <gasps> fashion.
4: Well, and it's so interesting, because when you say monochromatic, I instantly think that all the grays would have to match that they would be the same tone. But now I'm learning, I mean, really, it's kind of just the spectrum of gray equals monochromatic
3: totally, yeah. and when, like and you could even do that with like different colors of blue bring in you know, and if it's in the blue family, so if you're wearing navy blue and you have this really cute navy blue top, then you want to throw in grays right in that family. so you can still. that monochrome get that look monochromatic with keeping it cool tones anything that has like a a blue undertone which like there's bluish grays out there you could eat or blue jeans so you can still start getting that look again and it looks very put together i have one client who loves to wear like cream and black and she has mainly it's funeral vibes it's like her wardrobe which same Uh, so much black in my wardrobe, Uh, but we took some of her cream pieces and I started incorporating um, a little bit of chocolate brown and nudes and doing all of these beautiful looks that were all cream and nude with, you know, like a nude flat. She had a charcoal brown pant, you know, a champagne type top and a beautiful uh, trench coat in cream. She looked stunning and felt so good, but she was like, oh my God, I went out and everyone's like, I could never put an outfit like that together. And But like you could, you just, again, go monochromatic. And I think you will definitely wow people with uh, just feeling put together.
4: Yeah. And that's why we need these little tips and tricks. You know what I mean? Because the truth is, and I, everyone who listens to this knows, I love a good tip and trick. I want all the, the, the inside scoop to help us because the truth is there's an element here that we haven't addressed yet that we sort of touched on that I really wanted to talk to you about is the. The idea that this social media feed that we constantly have in our faces all the time is part of the pressure that we feel because, oh, if even if you have your favorite red turtleneck sweater that you love, if you wore that last week and you put it on social media, then typically in a normal day without, you know, posting about our life, we could actually wear that sweater again. And no one would care. But now we're thinking, oh, my God, I already wore it. And everyone saw it. Everyone who's at the party already saw me in the sweater, even if they weren't with me that night because they saw me on my Instagram. So now I have to pick something else completely. And it's really hard. And there's an anxiety that comes with trying to put an outfit together, especially if something's last minute or you're just not feeling it that day. And I think there's a really important element here because we shop now from social media too you know no one goes to the mall anymore we all go through our feeds i do too i do too (laughs) just the smell just the smell of the wetzel pretzel and all the fun shops
3: well in la well they're still popping here in la most people prefer i think you're going to the mall to like get your pretzel walk around you know
4: for the experience, not necessarily to. I mean, I think a lot of us go online and shop. Oh, now. most of my
3: shopping. If I'm really wanting to shop for clothes, I'm doing it online, and which I love because then I could try it on in the you know privacy of my own home, see right. what works, and then send all the shit I don't like back.
4: No pressure. Yeah, but I do think that you know. How do you think that element has affected our sense of personal style? Going through our feeds, and then how how do you think it's affected our sense of self
3: too? Oh my gosh. Major self esteem issues when it comes to having a constant feed of seeing what people are wearing, what people are doing, what people are buying. You know, people are sharing, oh, I just got this new bag and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a way for a lot of people to flex and show off their stuff, which is fine if you want to do that.
4: More power to you. Go for it. Yeah. But I do think it affects us.
3: Absolutely. I just came off of a social media break. I took. Fifty days off. I was like
4: five zero days. Five zero,
3: yeah. And actually, no internet for me. For I mean, I had Wi Fi of course, but I wasn't going online. I deleted all the apps on my phone: the Tinder, the TikToks, no TikToks, no Instagram. I was just yeah, and not even YouTube. Hell, not even porn.
4: (laughs) That's that's huge.
3: Yeah, just had to take a break from it all, and I, I needed to do that because I noticed that I was looking left and right at what other people were constantly doing. I wasn't feeling good about myself and I was even looking at my career I'm like I have a podcast I style my clients but I'm like wait I didn't have a client go to the SAG awards shit am I doing something wrong like last last SAG awards I had four clients going well they just weren't going to this one but it's a it's a pared down show it's different this year but again I was being hard on myself because I thought I I wasn't working hard enough like why am I not doing this and so I was noticing just my self esteem I was Being, you know, just again, beating myself up a bit. So I took a break and oh my gosh, it worked wonders. Helped me so much. I was surprised. I I did a poll on Instagram asking how many of you have taken a break off social media for more than, let's say, four or five days. And a majority of people uh, definitely have not done that.
4: I'm I'm one of that majority. So that's why I'm so fascinated by this experience. I I hearing about it makes me want to do it. I'm also terrified to do that.
3: It was a bit terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I realized, too, it's so habitual that we constantly look at our phones and I'm the first one I wake up in the morning and, you know, I'm trying to do the lemon water every morning. It's Amazing for you.
4: You are not the first person to tell me this. I need to, I must need to do this. Has it changed you?
3: Yeah. I mean, I'll go there. It definitely the bowel movements. Perfect. I'm healthy bowel movements over here at the low life podcast. And also just my skin cleared up. I have eczema. It doesn't always flare up my eczema, but like, I definitely don't have it anymore because I don't have any problems with my skin these days. And I've just noticed that my metabolism, I have more energy, I just feel better. And it's just literally drinking a cup of warm lemon water in the morning. Um, That's what I start my day off with. But I was also always habitually checking my phone. And so I would look at that and I just realized, oh my gosh, throughout the day, how many times I'm checking. But when I don't have the apps available, if you delete the app from your phone, it doesn't delete your profile just for anyone I didn't know that. A lot of people think if you delete Instagram, like you're going to start from scratch. (laughs) No, the app will still really. You put your email and password, and you're right back up and running. But I had to get rid of the actual app, and yeah, I I freed up a lot of headspace. And with that headspace, I read a couple different books. I was, you know, also I had downloaded some podcasts before my social media break, so I had those to listen to. Plus, I was still podcasting on my own show. Um, But it was really nice to just free up some space. But I noticed my self-esteem went up. I was feeling better about myself. And I had a a lot of extra little free time. I was like, oh, okay, I need to be doing shit. Let me clean out my drunk drawer. And so I was just bettering myself in that way. And I think when it comes to looking at what other people are wearing or buying or the relationship status, like all that sort of thing on social media... I'll speak specifically to the fashion, to your point of, I just wore this. I posted about it. I can't wear it again. If if that's going through your head, uh, I feel like we're in a day and age right now where you get props if you're able to style it in a few different ways. I feel like if I see someone and they have that black dress or that leather jacket or whatever piece they have, a cute bag, and they're rocking it a few different times, you know, or a dress and they're wearing it different ways, you know, with sneakers, you know, with black tights, opaque tights and throw on a heel, just change it up and you get more use out of it and like own it. More people will relate to you than you even realize. And I mean, if it's your thing where you just don't want to be photographed in the same thing, that's fine. But I feel like In today's world, it's actually celebrated if you're able to rock something in two or three different ways. And I think it's cool. It's also, you know, sustainable. She's working on her carbon footprint. She's out. She's not buying new stuff every single day. You know, she's wanting to, you know, reuse some stuff. Even when it comes to decorating homes, a lot of people are going for like vintage furniture, uh, you know, refurbished items, that sort of thing. So, Don't be so hard on yourself.
4: Lo, you are just full of great advice. I love (laughs) it. Rework it. Rework it. No. And that's true. It's so true. Like if, especially if it's one of your favorite items, don't feel like you can't go to it all the time just because you just wore it. Own it. And, And I think that's just, that's, to be said for a lot of parts of our life too, just owning who we are. And it's
3: so crazy too. I was looking at social media and I used to have, I don't know what your feed looks like. If you're worried about like this very specific, like curated look. I
4: don't think that's cool anymore. I don't think like that was something that people thought about a lot in the beginning is, but now I think people are just, you know, it's all about the photo dump, right? Right.
3: Yeah, do a photo dump. But your feed flow, the vibe, the look, the coloration of your actual feed. I was so concerned with how my feed looked in the sense of like, I wanted it all to be soft grays, blacks with just random pops of colors that were the outfits. Also, it was a styling page. Now my page, I'm posting memes, funny stuff, uh, articles I'm interested in. It's like a nice big portal of great information where you should feel good about yourself and laugh. That's what you but that's the uh, end goal that I want for my page. Um, but I stopped caring so much about the feed flow and, oh, this doesn't really match, or I was hindering myself in so many ways, not wanting to post certain photos because they didn't really go with my aesthetic. I just threw that out the window and I was talking to one of my girlfriends who works for Instagram and she was like, it's crazy to know that, uh, right now you get higher engagement if you're someone who, you know, is a, Wanting to be an influencer, put yourself out there and build a following. You're getting more traffic sent to your page if you do not have a curated, you don't have a feed flow. That's actually people look at it like, oh, there's authenticity there. You know, the highly filtered, perfectly looking photos. Everything falls in the same family. There's people that will post like a close up of like an iced coffee with like the perfect little plant
4: next. Right. To.
3: <laughs> and I'm like beautiful but also my place doesn't look like that right now i got some laundry on the floor shit's getting a little messy right now you know whatever i'm cleaning it up but like real photos are really doing it for people these days do you
4: think the pandemic has had anything to do with that because now we've all we we basically exposed the world to our homes all of us have been on zoom all of us have been i mean every there's really it took away the hashtag filter on life And everyone had to get real, right? We all just had to get real. Especially even us on our podcast during the pandemic, we weren't able to be in person and we weren't able to, you know, typically before the pandemic, you and I would be in the same room and we'd be sipping coffee and we'd be having a good time together. But now it's through the screen. You can see me in my guest bedroom here. I can see you in your home. Like, that's not a normal, you know what I mean? So it did take away that. So I think in a way it also did that for social media.
3: You know, we're all real. We all have flaws. We all have things we're insecure about. It's okay to kind of share some of that once in a while.
4: Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute.
2: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.
4: And let me ask you this. So after you took your break from social media, now you're back on, I'm assuming, right? Because your 50 days have been up. And what now is a real realistic expectation that you've set for yourself? Do you do the little, where you only allowed to be on the app for 30 minutes? Or do you only allow yourself in the morning? Or what has worked for you? And has it been a process where you've been trying to find what works?
3: Yeah, well, what I did, and this is, you know, when working with my therapist too, because I'm just really working on my self-esteem. And I had the time, you know, off social media, and I was able to recalibrate, recenter, just re- take an inventory of what the hell is important to me and what I've been spending my time on. When I went back to social media, it was I was kind of nervous. I'm like, oh, especially because I love to talk to my listeners. I love to, you know, get feedback from people on on the show and topics and guests and stuff. So I'm very interactive, and I use the platform in that way, and it helps me a lot. Uh, but coming back to it, I was like. I got such anxiety. And so because I'm like, oh, God, it's like going back to school. But in going back, I've set some parameters, some like healthy boundaries for myself. So I'm still on. But now instead of like checking throughout the day, I have my checking times. And it's not in the morning. It's actually between 2 and 3 p.m. Two to three, if I want to spend 60 minutes just glued to my phone, I can do that. I can make videos, make content, respond to people. I have one hour in the day that I just devote to that. And I try until 2 p.m. not to check until that moment. And then because I'm realistic when I'm home in the afternoon or at the end of the day, like six or seven, I give myself about 30 minutes just to respond to anything else, last minute things, and then that's it. I'm done. I don't want to keep looking because I'll scroll in bed and I'm like, I have to stop doing that. And there's things that I had to do to distract myself. So whether it be listening to a podcast, an audio book, reading an actual book, journaling, anything else but being on the app. And I'm just, again, baby steps, but I've noticed a big difference in my productivity and just the way I feel. And also when you hang out with people and you're not so concerned about like getting that photo or, you know, it's like... You do feel very present. And I started noticing how many people aren't very present once I was the one that was just like there looking at everyone, enjoying the dinner. And I'm like, oh, everyone here is literally about to post something. And it's just become a whole thing. Wow. So I kind of took a step back and yeah, it, it was nice. But again, I feel like 50 days is a bit extreme for some people. So start off with, you know, a couple days.
4: See how you feel. I know I've I've noticed some pe- some of my friends recently have talked about taking a trip and when they when they take their trip, they're gonna leave their phone at home and they will call in every day to check in with their loved one or someone a family member or someone just to say, Hi, I'm alive, I'm good, everything's fine, but that is their what their goal is. And they I'm just so proud of them. When I've heard my friends and then now you're talking about this, and I feel like there might be a shift happening.
3: Oh, for sure. Well, I think, too, with like the metaverse happening, I'm like, oh, shit, right. things are getting really intense.
4: <sighs> Low, we did an episode on the metaverse and man, it's terrifying. I mean, I, I we felt like we had no idea what the metaverse was and we learned a little bit about it. But the truth is no one really knows what it is yet or what it's capable of, which I think is the most terrifying part.
3: Yeah. And as much as it could be like cool that you could you know talk to different people and like have your avatar of someone, you know, I could talk to someone in Egypt and have coffee with them. I also think that whole, I don't know if you talked about this on that episode, but it was interesting because one of my friends did a test run uh, going into the metaverse and she was able to talk to other people. And uh, she was like, the thing that was weird about this was there's a whole sense of uh, confidence that you get like trolls on or on Twitter and people say shit that they would never say in person because right. they're hiding under a screen name or, you know, or a, a handle, an Instagram handle. I um, mean, they don't have a profile picture or, you know, they're just like at, you know, one, six, four, three, Becky underscore six, nine. Like what? You don't know who the hell's coming at you. And, you know, I've had people be like, you faggot. And I'm like, damn, that's harsh. But like,
4: But like, who are you? What's your, yeah. What's your deal? Yeah. Yeah.
3: This hate speech on a Tuesday morning. And so once I realized that like, oh, like that's such a common thing on just social media, my friend brought the point up of like, yeah, imagine that kind of small sense of confidence and security. And like, you can say whatever you want with no repercussions. That's happening in the metaverse. So, although it seems like kind of a positive place, it can quickly become so toxic because now you're seeing someone you could make yourself look however you want. Right. You can look how you want, dress how you want. You could be whoever you want to be in this fake world uh, and communicate and say whatever's on your mind. So if you want to be opinionated or you know have some hate speech or misogynistic or whatever, you could be crude, rude, and get away with it because there aren't really any rules or repercussions it's, you could hide behind your avatar. So that part is scary. <laughs> so because I see stuff like that happening and it's been proven, I mean, statistically speaking, if you look at the numbers, you know, the depression rate has increased uh, suicide amongst teenagers under the age of 18 has risen over 30%, especially in the United States, you know, people psychologically from the ages of 12 years old to 52, they did a uh, this study uh, and it showed people overall don't usually feel good on Instagram, not TikTok. Surprisingly, so far, people aren't feeling bad about themselves on the tickety-tocks.
4: Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because TikTok, you can cater to, you can say, no, I don't like this. Yes, I want this. So you can kind of curate your feed a little bit more. I don't I don't know. I'm not as experienced in TikTok. I'm still new to it and I'm learning.
3: Yeah. Well, I I actually enjoy TikTok. I'm fairly new to it, but what I've noticed is Instagram has become so run by the algorithm. It's corporate America. You're getting paid sponsors. It's so bought and paid for and it's I mean chosen for you what you're getting in your feed. TikTok's it's on the route to that. It's on the road to corporate and takeover and like it already is feels very corporate. However, there's so many organic new kind of like when Vine started back in the day and it was like just really funny videos and it just didn't feel too commercialized yet. That's still what's happening on TikTok. So you're getting these, these users that are just putting out really fun, creative, cool stuff. And there's just so much of it that I don't think they're able to, uh, corporate big wigs. It's not able to feel like Instagram. Yeah. It still feels organic and catered to you. And there's so many different little pockets of, of interest. So if you're into, like I was into home design and, and DIY projects. Oh, and there's some incredible content creators that are doing that. And they're in the middle of like Michigan, Colorado, like all over in the United States, just putting stuff out. And it's actually super clever and, and funny and, and informative. So I think it, it will eventually become like Instagram, but right now, I'm like, oh, it's great.
4: It's that sweet spot. Yes.
3: Yeah. So I'm like, okay, right now I'll enjoy it.
4: Oh, that's great. God, Lo, you have so much to share on everything. I I listened to your podcast before you came on, and I have to tell you, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I just wanted to check in on your dad and see how he's doing, because you had shared on the episode that he had just been through a big surgery and he fell, and it was a big thing for your family. So how is he doing? Is he doing okay?
3: So sweet of you to ask. Yeah, my pops is doing great. My dad's the 6'2 Marine Conservative Catholic man, just a pillar of strength to see that pillar going down. You know, my dad's only 56 years old. He's, I consider that a young dad.
4: Oh, that's young. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And so, and he's fit, you know, he does his 10 to 15,000 steps a day, you know, he takes care of himself. And so for him to come down and my dad's, uh, equates his value with the stuff that he does around the house. He's like a handyman. He's a fix it. He's MacGyver, you know, he's the guy that will get shit done. So for him to, uh, shatter his shoulder. He broke his humerus bone, fractured his wrist, and it was just like a bad fall. So we had to have a a shoulder replacement surgery, um, which was invasive and it took longer than it should. And with all that, the recovery process, it's been brutal for him, but he's in good spirits. And uh, it's actually bonded us so much more because now with my dad, like I'm coming in and helping him out. But like my dad always looked at me like I was kind of like worthless in a sense when it came to anything to do with like I don't know, like hanging pictures up,
4: fixing anything, yeah, anything okay, that's like
3: remotely, like a man's job. It's like I'm gonna sit this one out, pops. But now I've been stepping it up and helping him around the house, and like having to like help him with the pool filter and shit, like I've never done. Uh, so that's cool. And I'm like, oh, I'm bonding with you, dad, little butch moments, father and son.
4: No, that's great. And then honestly, the truth is, once you learn how to do a pool filter, you kind of just know how to do it. So you're like, okay, cool. So if you're ever at a pool party and someone needs help with their pool filter, guess who's going to step right in you, Lo. you're going to step right in (laughs)
3: learning how to use like grout and like tiling and like, oh yeah, I've been like doing like contractor type shit. My mom's putting me to work, but it's been really great. It's bonded our family, but it's, it's tough. You know, and this, this whole like year, actually the last two years have been, there's been so much loss for everybody, loss and changes in jobs, loss of relationships, loss of career, just loss of identity for a lot of people. It's just insane to think about, though. So I always feel like, you know, on my podcast, I don't even want to sometimes open up about stuff. I would think to myself like, oh, my loss, you know, what I'm, I lost my pet, you know, uh, Dookie, my dog uh, in April of last year. And so, but I know people are losing their parents and stuff. So I'm like, Ooh, should I not mention it? Like, ugh.
4: but loss is loss. And that's what I think we're learning through all of this too, is like, just because one person's going through some experience doesn't mean that one is greater or less than we're all kind of in it together, going through it together. And if it can unite us, I hope it does.
3: That's yeah. Honestly, it, and it, does unite people. That's the thing. I think that's why this podcast space is so great. What you're doing is amazing. I love directionally challenged the different topics. I listened to your fast fashion episode. It was fantastic. And I like this is such a great podcast, but you guys are, are putting yourselves out there. And I'm mirroring that in a way because the one thing that bonds people is vulnerability and vulnerability is connection. And it's so nice to put yourself out there. And I was like, Oh, like with the dog loss episode, I, I brought the mic into a therapy session and just talk it out. And hopefully it would help people because she provided tools for grieving and stuff like that. um, that can get you through feeling any sort of loss. And that being said, the outpouring of love and, and stories that people had to share that were very similar to mine and Oh, it was just—it was so uh, fulfilling in a way, and it just made me feel like, okay, all right, I'm, I think I think this is a good thing to put yourself out there. It does something people can connect with you in that way? So it's been really nice. Yeah.
4: For those of you who haven't checked it out, you guys make sure you check out the Low Life podcast. It is so good, and it's wherever you get your podcast. I listen to it on Apple Podcasts, and Low, you also have a really cool styling company, LVR Style. Right. Which our listeners, where can our listeners find you on social media if they want to check out your styling company, podcast, all that good stuff. Give us all the deets.
3: Yeah. So I've been styling in L.A. for over 10 years. My God. I'm, I'm 32, but feel like a, a solid 62 these days.
4: The fact that you started, you you got success early at an early age. So the fact that you can say a decade already is huge.
3: That's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> that was, but I mean, for anyone listening, like I did, I did get feel success early on, but I will say I didn't, I didn't net any income. I wasn't making anything for the first three years. Hustle, you know, you have to do what you got to do. Sleep in your way to the top Queens. That's the way, you know, <laughs> can you imagine? Didn't have to do that. No second dick to get to the top. I was able to do it without sacrificing morality. But for those of you who have to do what you want to do anyway, you can find me on social media at style LVR. That's S T Y L E L V R. Uh, And I do have a podcast, the low life podcast episodes come out every Thursday. And we talk about everything from fashion to some true crime to uh, therapy sessions, uh, skincare hacks, beauty, everything.
4: It's all the good stuff. It really is so fun. Yeah, it's fun. I listened to it in the car and I felt like I was driving with my best friend. So thanks, (laughs) truly. And um, thank you for coming on our podcast. We are so happy to have you on and we'd love to have you back sometime soon. That'd be really fun.
3: I'm like, you got to come on the Low Life podcast.
4: Deal. You let me know. Yes, we would love to. That'd be fun.
3: Amazing. We'd love that.
4: Okay. So now I guess, are we all wearing brown? That's the color of the season. I've got to get me some brown. I've got to get me some leather. Guys, if you're inspired from this conversation with Lo, send us on social media, our Instagram at Candice Kayla, send us your pics, send us your you know styling. Are you going to go monochromatic? Are you going to do the all gray tones? Now I'm really inspired to go in my closet and figure some stuff out because let's be honest. I'm just kind of a jeans and a t-shirt girl, I've been throwing on the same thing every day. Lowe has inspired me to break that barrier. Now I need to make sure I continue to watch Emily in Paris and then also watch the Sex and the City reboot and just become inspired and learn to express myself through my fashion. And I hope you guys have loved our conversation with Lowe just as much as we did. We have another great episode coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa D. Mons. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast.